Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless, the podcast that teaches you how to live a healthier lifestyle that makes you and the planet happier. The world is changing quickly. Sometimes it feels like you can't keep up. I hear you. You want to make the world a better place. You care, but you don't know where to start. You know taking care of yourself is important, but how? I get it. I have a history of diving into a new endeavor, seeking perfection, and quickly feeling like I failed. Whether it was going vegan or learning how to recycle more, I wish I had guidance to keep me on track and not overwhelmed. I can't lie, the world needs your help. But it doesn't need you to be perfect. This podcast is here to help. Here we go. This week on the podcast, I talk to creative, reuse, and trash artist Jessica McGee. I'm wondering, where are you feeling today? A little bit more clueless, a little bit more conscious. Where are you at? I feel like I am firmly in the middle, Mm. which I actually think is a really good place to be Mm -hmm. because I have knowledge that I can utilize and share. But then because I'm in the middle and I'm like, have that cluelessness, I'm always seeking out what other people know. So I think that, which means I'm always moving forward in my education about lowering my footprint and being a business that aligns with my values and how I feel about our responsibility to the environment. And but yeah, I'm in the middle, mm-hmm. happily in the middle. I love that. I really love that. So let's dive into your business. I hinted at the beginning talking about drooling over your jewelry. <laughs> But can you tell listeners a little bit about your business? I know that it's where it is today is not where it started. So I think that would be interesting as well. Yeah. As far as having a business, I started years ago with a little boutique that sold, there's no better word for it, like hippie stuff, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like incense and tapestries and, but also vintage clothing, Mm. just because I have a real love for vintage and thrifted clothing in general, you can't really see, but everything that I'm wearing is thrifted. So that's where I started as far as being a business owner was, was selling hippie stuff and vintage clothing. And then I was also an artist at the time. I've been an artist for as long as I can remember. So I had a little painting studio in my retail boutique. And one of my friends that worked for me, she made jewelry. She showed me how to make jewelry. So I started making jewelry and I did the same thing that I think so many jewelry makers start out with, which is wire wrapping and Mm -hmm. like natural stones. And so I loved making jewelry. So I stuck with that. But along the way, I started to have concerns about how I was sourcing my materials. So I got into revamping vintage jewelry, taking old jewelry and making new jewelry, Mm -hmm. which is a somewhat trendy thing, which is great. Mm -hmm. It goes right along with my love for thrifting. Did that. And then still being an artist along the way, still painting. So, so eventually I let go of my retail boutique and my primary focus became painting like murals and canvas, and then also making jewelry. And that ended up colliding because I painted a mural of a sea turtle. I wanted to see a sea turtle in real life. I had gotten a small inheritance and sent myself to Costa Rica for three weeks to see sea turtles in real life. I was there for an event called Aribata, which means the arrival. It's hundreds of thousands of sea turtles coming on the beach at once. Oh. Because I, yeah. <laughs> and because I was there on a conserva- conservation trip, I was working with the government. 
So all the visitors have to leave the beach when this happens to protect the turtles. But when you're there as part of this conservation effort with the government, you are tagging sea turtles. I literally get goosebumps every time I talk about it. I've got them right now. Mm. Tagging sea turtles, measuring nest depth, counting eggs. And there are so many turtles that come on the beach during this event that they are crawling on your back to nest. I'm, you have to walk like this so that you're not stepping on them. Hundreds of thousands of sea turtles. There's drone footage, I think, from National Geographic. So you can really see how many arrive on the beach at once. Yeah, it's incredible. Seeing that and then also being there for the birth of the previous Aribata eggs. So Mm -hmm. I got to see all these baby sea turtles being born. And you learn that you can't pick them up and put them in the water. Like part of how they strengthen their lungs is to run to the water. Right. So you have to watch them run and their chances of survival are already low. So you're watching them run across the beach. There's stray dogs everywhere. There's vultures. There's organic marine debris, but then there's plastic everywhere. Mm. And so it was this weird feeling of being an artist who is really drawn to bright colors to being someone who is in awe of just this whole experience and then just being completely devastated. Yeah. Like, like holding all of these emotions at once. So it was a life-changing trip. I ended up bringing a bunch of garbage home with me. And I didn't know why at the time. I was like, let's just, let's bring this home. And I started working with it. And I initially started out working with sculptures. And then eventually that made its way to experimenting and creating jewelry so that not only could I create something that could help me support my work, but also something that was educational. So that's very long. <laughs> no, I asked the question. That's, that's how I ended up there. <laughs> exactly what I was looking for. And so hearing that, I'm I was just like daydreaming, listening to your story, like imagining <laughs> turtles. It was, yeah, it's such a beautiful image. But I'm wondering where that passion came from, where this there's just this clear love for our world and the environment. Is that something you feel like has always been innate or did that stem from something? No. So my husband and I have, we had very different childhoods and I always joke and say he was the kid that had like frogs in his pocket when like the fishing rod. I grew up in Northern Minnesota. I do know what you mean. Okay. So he's the frogs in his pocket kid that grew up with this childhood where he was just encouraged to go out and be a part of nature, which I love. I I love that for him. I did not grow up with that experience. And so went in around, oh, I want to say like 2014, 2015 or something, I ended up having um, a mental break. Basically, I had this horrible thing happen to me. I have been a neighborhood activist for a very long time. It made me the target of rumors. They came after me. They came after my business. It was really, it was soul destroying. We couldn't pay our mortgage. And I, I have never been so low in my life. And I didn't know what to do. I was trying medications. I was in therapy, but I couldn't, I developed severe social anxiety, like had panic attacks all the time. And my poor husband, he didn't know what to do. And he was like, can I just take you somewhere? Mm. And I was like, fine, whatever, just zombied out. And he took me to this place here in Illinois called Amaquan. And it's a wildlife preserve. It's a bunch of farmland that they flooded so that shorebirds could come 
Mm. all like, and make their home there. And so he would just take me there and I would just sit by the water and yeah, it was. I'm sorry you like, dealt with that though. Yeah, it's, it really sucked. But the way that this, I, this is so long ago. I'm surprised I'm getting emotional about it. Take your time. Yeah. The way that I felt being in front of the water and sitting in front of this dead tree that was still just like there and seeing the birth, it was just, it healed me. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it healed. I, I never felt the way that I felt in those moments. I was just like, this is, this is earth. This is magic. This is so powerful. And a couple of years later, when I went to Costa Rica and then I saw the the turtles and the devastation came home with the plastic, it just, it all really came home for me. A couple months after that, I went and I saw my first whale in nature and I was sobbing and I was like, oh my God, everybody deserves to see whales. Mm. And so just knowing how powerful the environment is outside of the basics. Like we need a healthy environment so that we can be physically healthy. Just knowing how powerful it is on our mental state has, is really a driver for me to want to protect it so that every future generation has this opportunity to be not only physically healthy, but mentally healthy. Mm. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. (laughs) I knew I I was going to get emotional. (laughs) That is okay. You said that piece about for future generations, which I think is so beautiful and powerful and not always thought about. Mm-hmm. What What is your response to people who are like, that's not my, that's not my responsibility? Oh, babe, I feel bad for them. Um, <laughs> I feel... I, truly I thought do. you were going to say, oh, babe, I feel bad for you. That would be your response, which honestly, like I was going to take that as the answer. Yeah. I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that because as someone who purposely chose not to have children, I still don't understand how you don't feel that collective responsibility for everyone. But I think that's super common because you have people who don't care about future generations. And a lot of those are the same people that don't care how their clothes are being made a couple of countries over. Right. So I do think that there are some people who are just hyper connected to the collective we around the world. And there are some people that aren't for some reason. And when I say I feel bad for them, I do feel bad because I feel like, like you're missing that connection that is so powerful. And if you had it, you wouldn't know any other way to live except to make sure that everybody is okay or to try to make sure everybody's okay. Yeah, to do what you can to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I feel bad because it's like love on a different level. Yeah, yeah. It's compassion. I'm like such a, it's like, it's big and it's this grandiose idea, but then it also feels so basic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what it feels like not to feel that. Yeah, you're like, that's just, I think is. (laughs) Yeah. So you use this passion and it sounds like awakening, honestly, into this world of combining everything. So then take me through a little bit of what your, what materials you're using now and how are you using trash to make jewelry and different stuff. I know I saw you talking about, and you talked about here referencing sculpture and some of that. So what are different ways you've made trash into art? 
Yeah. So again, with the garbage, I initially started out with sculpture, did Mm -hmm. not know what I was doing. I was just like connecting things to other (laughs) things. And with the idea that I hope you all understand that I'm trying to pretend this is a coral reef. That was my idea. You're like, this is art. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. And presenting it and being like, it's a coral reef. Get it. And thankfully some people got it. And then my husband's always, he's super supportive, but he's very honest and saying he doesn't get a lot of what I do. So yeah. So I, I initially started out just connecting garbage to try to create the idea of a coral reef and speaking at schools and churches, libraries, wherever, doing that for free which I love, but is also not going to pay my bills. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're sustainable and they're sustainable. And you gotta, you want to have both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So started playing around with jewelry and I knew with the jewelry, because there's lots of people who try to, who do make jewelry out of garbage, right? Mm -hmm. It's a thing that lots of people have been trying. They like melt the plastics together. They iron things. And my whole goal was I wanted people not not to know that it was garbage when they looked at it. Mm -hmm. Because I think the more people that don't know that it's garbage, but they wear it and they're pleasantly surprised when they get complimented, they're excited to tell the story of where it came from and what it is. 100%. And so I I wanted to, yeah. So I wanted to elevate it a little bit in Mm -hmm. order to take that conversation to, to, more people because I think, and I hate doing this because I don't want to sound dismissive of people who are just starting out and figuring out their artistic voice. Mm -hmm. But I think there are people who don't mind wearing what are very obviously bottle caps on their ears. And and there are people who are never going to do that. Right. And yeah, so to, so I wanted to elevate it a, a little bit so that I could take that conversation to those people who are never going to wear a bottle cap on their ear. And, mm-hmm. and get them involved in the conversation. And also to do things like using really like higher quality metal so that the actual jewelry mm. would last longer and source that from suppliers where I could follow the supply chain and feel good about that. And then making our own packaging. So I, I really, my whole goal this whole time is to really have created product that aligns with my values as closely as I possibly can while knowing it's an imperfect process. So I use things like straws and Tupperware lids. Like one of my favorite finds was a bag of lids only from our local Habitat for Humanity restore. It was $2 and it was just this bag of lids. And I was like, I am your customer. I am your bag of lids customer. I am your ideal Um, client. (laughs) Yes, I am your ideal client. Exactly. Bought that. One of my most popular items is these earrings made out of the inside of water bottle lids which I can walk out my back door right now and find 10, 20 water bottle lids. They're all over this neighborhood. They're everywhere on beaches. But when people see them, they're like, I would never have thought that's what it was. Yeah. So I use all, I, I use a lot of different kinds of garbage and I do a lot of experimenting. I have a lot of failures, <laughs> things that I'm like, oh, that's ugly. I'm sure at some point you can only make so much trash pretty. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I And as somebody who does a lot of cleanups, because that's really important to what I do, um, I unfortunately throw away way more than I'm able to keep. So, I imagine. Yeah. Did you just... Okay. Oh, sorry. Go. No, you go ahead. I was like, did I answer the question or did I just go off on a tangent? I don't know. No, you told me. I was (laughs) going to say, did you start doing beach cleanups after the Costa Rica experience specifically? Was that? 
Yeah, it was amazing timing. My best friend had moved to Los Angeles and I used to live in Los Angeles. And when I moved back to Illinois, I was like, I hate LA and I'll never go back there again in my life. (laughs) I was like committed. I was like, LA is the worst place on the planet. She moved to the South Bay area. So she was by the beach. And so she, yeah. (laughs) So I went to visit. I was like, fine, I'll come to LA and visit you. But just so you know, I hate it. She was like, okay. And (laughs) I go there and I see my first whale and I'm like FaceTiming my husband sobbing. And he's like, are you okay? Are you all right? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, they're real. They're like here. They're real. You could just stand here and see them. And and your heart grew two times the size for LA. <laughs> hey there, it's me. If you're digging this conversation so far around conscious living in this episode, and you're feeling inspired to make change, that's literally why I'm here. If you want sustainable ways to be sustainable, you hear eco-friendly or green and wonder if you're doing it right. You want to make your diet more earth-friendly by going vegan. You want to live a more connected life, but you're not even sure what that means. No judgment. It is possible to feel excited about making changes to make a difference in the world every single day with your choices, to go vegan and stay vegan without feeling like you're missing anything, or to learn how to make good choices for the planet without feeling stressed. I help folks who are ready to make changes in their life that support their health and the world around them through supportive coaching, practical education, and steps that make you enjoy the process. If that's you, email me at consciouslycarly at gmail.com and let's chat. Back to the episode. Hi there, my name is Amy Fagan, and I want to talk for just a second about my sustainability podcast called Grounded in Maine Podcast. I'm passionate about sustainability and I'm dedicated to promoting its importance through this weekly podcast. I'm a student of life, and I love learning about people's stories. Do you have a story about sustainability? I'm curious to learn about you, too. Please follow me on Instagram at Grounded in Maine Podcast and find my podcast wherever you listen. So this is my best friend. So she was very open. I presented the idea for her to her. I was going to go back to Costa Rica. I ended up getting Bell's palsy. So half of my face was paralyzed. Super scary. That lasted for five weeks. I was supposed to go to Costa Rica shortly after that. I did not feel comfortable leaving the country so soon after that diagnosis. Yep. So I called my friend. I was like, I have a crazy idea and you can tell me no, but can I come sleep on your couch for three months? (laughs) And she was like, sure. And I was like, no, you heard the part where I was like, you can tell me no. And she was like, no, I don't mind at all. And I was like, okay. So I went and stayed with her for three months. My husband was like all on board. He was like, yes, absolutely. And got a bicycle. She lived two and a half miles from the beach and would just ride a bike to the beach every day and just clean up garbage all the way. And basically teach myself about like various different creatures, learned about what a rack line was. um, You took yourself to school. I took myself to school on the beach. Yes. I love women. (laughs) Shout out. Yeah, it was, yeah, so it was super cool. And then I came back and I've been visiting her regularly and I try to do it in big chunks at once to lower my footprint Mm -hmm. where I'm not just traveling back and forth all of the time. So I usually go out for about a month at a time, clean beaches the whole time that I'm there, look for an octopus and sure. Why wouldn't you? always looking for an octopus. And that's how I got into beach cleaning. But here we live by a river. So I do river cleans and street cleanups and neighborhood cleanups. And 
anywhere you are, there's garbage. What that can put that on a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> so is there been any interest when you tell people like, yeah, I, this is actually out of plastic water bottle caps. Is anybody like, I want to do that? Have you had yeah. to get really jazzed <laughs> about it? Yeah. So a lot of people want to do it and I'm still trying, but... to, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how I want to approach teaching that mm. because I'm pretty proud of the fact that even when I take this garbage that we still, if I cut the middle out of a bottle cap, I'm still saving the rest of the bottle cap for its next life too. Mm. And as a person who loves to observe what other people are doing, I'm seeing a lot of people in this space who, who want to do good, but sometimes create more waste. And it's like the sustainable influencers telling you to buy every new sustainable. Yes. Where you're like, wait a second. Yeah. Go buy this bamboo cutlery set or go to the thrift store and just get a fork. Or like like your actual kitchen. Yeah. Take (laughs) that with you. I fell prey to it too. I've got my bamboo cutlery set. I will use it until I can't no more. But once you continue on, you have to see big picture. Yeah, same. And and I struggle with that as somebody who sells a product. Right. Yeah, yeah, it gets all within capitalism. Are we, how are we pushing back? But also we're having to play some of those rules to business, right? It's, yeah. Yeah, It's hard. It's tricky. Mm -hmm. So with teaching other people how to do it, I do, but it's really important to me that if I'm going to teach it, I'm going to teach it in a way that, that you get all of it. So you get not only the practices that I implement in my business to be more sustainable from the packaging, the shipping, the where we source our materials that we have to use, what we do with like leftover metal, like that all matter. I'm not just going to teach you how to make a flower out of a straw yeah. because, and that's not, I wouldn't be fair to the person that I was teaching. Mm. I'm not like, if you want to have a business selling this garbage jewelry, I'm not setting you up for success by just showing you a 10 minute video of how I made a flower. Right. So I'm, Yeah. A lot of people want to do (laughs) what I do, but for me, I feel it's very important to, if I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach the whole thing Mm -hmm. to give them the best chances for success and to make sure that I'm passing on tools that are more helpful than harmful. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful that you're even aware of that, right? Because I said the sustainability influencer earlier and it's oftentimes coming from a good place. Not all the times, right? Yeah. There's like people that are using it, but oftentimes it's coming from a good place. It's just still being stuck in the same consciousness to fall on that word again and not either have given, been given the space to, or the tools or not sought them out to level up and to think again, like bigger picture. It's so easy to get stuck in the, like, how can I just individually make this one little thing versus how am I a part of this systemic issue? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that can be hard to break that down for people are interested, but then you're like, I'm like actually systemically and you'll lose them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. People are like, I just want to make, I just want to do what you do. You're like, I just want to make earrings out of this plastic. Why are you talking to me about packaging? And I can imagine there's a bit of that. Yeah. And, and then there's a whole other level, which I talk about sometimes and which I don't necessarily need to teach, but is important to me is that I'm very connected to my work emotionally. And 
there's a mental health aspect that I share sometimes, which is as someone who grew up being treated like trash, told I was trash. I was a homeless teenager. I went through all of this stuff. And so for me, when I create things out of trash that are beautiful, I also want other people to see that who have also felt like trash. And I say this all the time and I can't say it enough. Like when people call you trash, let's show them how beautiful trash can be. Let's show them how unexpected it can be and surprising and beautiful. Let's go ahead and own that term. So yeah, it's hard for me to be like, it's hard for me to respond to people who are like, teach me how to do what you do. And I'm like, oh, there's so many layers. (laughs) Yeah, because it's very clear that it is not, and I don't mean business as like all business is bad, but it's not just business for you. Like you have found, it seems like that beautiful sweet spot of being able to bring your passion and your skills and your love for something into business. And that's not necessarily something you teach, right? Exactly. Like that's, people have to know what that is for themselves a little bit. And that like from, that's a thing that a lot of entrepreneurs will always say when they're teaching business is like, what's your why? Yeah. Yeah. What is your why? And if you don't have that why, you just want to do it because you saw it and it looked cool. That's, you might not be that successful at it. Yeah. I use your why that matters. as a part of my coaching setup. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things I'm like, one of the things we will establish in working with me as a conscious living coach is why. Yeah. Because if you don't really know why, or you can't put it in writing, or you can't identify why it is you're interested in this stuff, it's really easy to fall off the wagon. Yeah. It's harder for you to overcome like roadblocks. Yes. Because if you don't have something powerful driving you, Mm -hmm. it's going to be really easy to just throw in the towel when you hit a roadblock. A hundred percent. That's so true. Mm -hmm. I am curious too, if people, I know that as I started talking about like conscious living and veganism or this, that, and the other, like the woo hippie stuff. Sometimes there were people in my life that were like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like that, what you're doing? What have you had people be like, I'm sorry, you're making your business is making trash into jewelry. Have you had that experience? Not that I think you should. (laughs) I I do though. I get what I call the head pats. Oh, that's cute. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) The head pats, I'm dying. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes it's just a verbal head pat and sometimes it's cute, which is a driver for me because I'm a little petty. So, so please, yeah, please pat me on the head again because I'm, I'm so excited to prove you wrong. Um, so yeah, on the initial meeting, when people find out what I do, they're like, oh, and they definitely all act like it's a hobby. Like, you can just tell. They just respond to you. It's got to be just a hobby. Cute. Yeah, it's so cute. Oh, that's cute. That's fun. And people, they'll be like, good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you really you. need their luck, right? Yeah. No, they do- there's definitely there's definitely people who will, I don't know, they just don't get it. And I get that right. because it's a very unusual career. <laughs> so I'm not mad at them. I'm thankful for the feeding the petty machine that drives me to do bigger and better. But I do find that once I start like really talking to them about it, then they're fascinated, especially if I wear my own work, which I I was wearing it 
but I took it off because it kept hitting my, those are fun. Yeah. They're super fun. Those are really fun. Do you have, I'm sure you do, but do you, what kind of like dreams do you have for the business or what materials do you want to work with that you haven't yet? Or are there things like in the hopper? Yeah. So I hired someone last year. I literally posted online. I am looking to hire somebody who can be the boss of me. And <laughs> better be careful when you post something like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I was like, I have some chaotic artist energy and I need somebody who is willing to rein me in and help me stay focused. Right. So I hired Annie and she is wonderful. She's so good at being the boss of me. And so now I have a team of four and she's really in charge of all of us. And the goal is for everybody to be able to handle like building the jewelry and shipping and doing all of that and where I can go off and be more of an educator mm-hmm. and build sculptures and take those to places where people can see this in person. One of the things that she told me the other day, because we have these tide pool pendants and she was like, not everybody knows what a tide pool is. And I was like, <laughs> she's no, we're in the Midwest. Like you're She's, you're just talking about tide pools, like everybody knows what it is, and she's and they don't. And uh-huh. like, oh yeah, so I really want to get more into the educational space. I want to talk to kids, especially because when I think of kids, I think you're the future scientists. Mm-hmm. And and my dream is to build a large scale installation out of garbage that can bring Midwestern kids who maybe aren't in a place where their families can afford to travel to bring them some of the wonder of the world. So it's this huge collage with all of these images from like National Geographics and like birds and blooms. So it's just animals and it's like very 3D. And I want people, kids to be able to sit inside of that and feel that sense of wonder that I didn't get until I was an adult. So I want them to be able to experience that somehow. And just connect them to the world in a different way. So, yeah, that's the hope. Speaking of hope, that was a way to segue me into my next question. (laughs) I was just thinking like your spirit is so authentic and so openly passionate in such a way that in a world that like doesn't always want us to be openly passionate about things, especially as women. but. I'm wondering how you stay motivated in this space when sometimes it can be overwhelming. Cause when you are learning about the environment, you're also learning about all the shit we're doing to it and how bad this plastic is. And you know, you're not picking it up fast enough to blah, 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 blah. Right. How do you stay motivated and stay hopeful in within that? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, we have really big environmental problems and to pick something up off of the ground is like the smallest drop in the biggest bucket. And so it didn't take that as me diminishing the work. No, not at all. Because I okay. feel that every time okay. I do it, you know, I'm very, I'm it's hopeful. Like that I'm also, yeah. I'm very hopeful, but I am also very realistic about the situation that we are in. Right. Um, right. It's my feed is tragic when it comes to 
the damage that we've done to the environment. So how do I like maintain that that hope and optimism? First, I take those small things. So if you can go to the riverbank and clear all of the garbage off of it, and then somebody else can maybe go there and have a moment of joy where it's not completely marred by garbage, that is a good thing. If you can inspire other people to do the same work, you're just creating a chain. So that is helpful. Every little bit matters. My business, we donate a percentage to two different environmental organizations. That matters. It's all of these little things that add up. But more than anything, I hope that my work and this is really why I really want to get back into the educational space with kids is that I hope that my work can inspire those future scientists, Mm. um, those future engineers, those problem solvers of tomorrow. If kids can get really excited about that now, then they can go into careers that can hopefully solve the problems that we have created. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know how to solve it, but if I can present it in such a way that it's important to me that I'm not just, it's all doom and gloom and there is no hope. What's an, it's important to me to say there, there is hope and we are part of that. And so what can we do and how can we support others who are making big change mm-hmm. and support those like change makers of tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I think that moment you described in sitting and looking at this tree and the water when you were depressed And that kind of what you just said highlights that moment for the importance of a clean space in nature, because look what having a clean space in nature to go sit and just be in did for you and the ripple effects of that for you and the business you've had and the work you're doing and all of that, the power of just someone being allowed to be in nature can truly have life-changing effects for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's that saying that you lead by example. So I live my life in a way that I hope inspires other people to be able to do the same. Right. That's so beautiful. I'm so (laughs) thankful to connect with you. I truly sometimes just reach out to people to have them on the podcast. You never know who you're going to hear back from sometimes when you're just meeting people on the internet. I was like, I have loved following this account for so long. Why have I not reached out that truthfully? So love getting to hear more from you about where your beautiful art is coming from. Yeah. I so appreciate you having me on. This is, I'm just getting into the interview space and trying to feel comfortable with it and you're making it very easy. Oh, thanks. Well, you're doing a good job. Oh, thanks. Uh, Is there anything that you want to share with listeners that you haven't gotten to mention or haven't given you space to do so yet? Gosh, I don't know. I feel like you like just gave me enough room to talk about all of the things. So, so yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I don't know when you're releasing this. I guess it doesn't really matter. I always encourage people are like, how can I get started with cleanups and how can I do that? So I would just encourage anybody that listens to this who is wondering how they can start getting into this space and inspiring others to be better stewards of the planet. Please go do a cleanup. Just go do it. Just on your own, just take a bag and some gloves and just go do it and then post it on your social media and be like, Hey, look what I did. Do you want to join me? Because, because you, you can have 50,000 followers or you can have like three, but you can, you still have the power to inspire. So yeah, that's go do a cleanup. 
that's my, that's, that's how I want I it. love that. I so love that. I appreciate that. And there's such a fun, it's a unique shared experience, right? To be doing something together with other people that also care about the planet. It's like yeah. quite nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're all like, we're all in this together. Exactly. I feel that again, something to draw hope from. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This is fun. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode of Consciously Clueless. And for that, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or tag me and share in social media. Share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. To get more resources, influence on topics covered, and bonus content, join the Consciously Clueless community over on Patreon at patreon.com slash consciouslycarly. And don't forget, if you need help living more consciously, let's work together. Email me today. See you next Wednesday for a new episode.